Are you ready, football fans? The Cotton Bowl. That's what we're talking about today. Rob Rang is here to set us straight on a couple of things. Eric's going to tell me what I don't know about DBs, and I'm just going to make stuff up as I go along because I like this game. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. And you already know, man, it's Thursday. So we got Rob Rang, the great Rob Rang with us. We all want to thank you for making us your first listener today, man. But we're, we're jumping into it. Got some big games. And we, there's been a lot of little ball games and some that haven't been able to be played for different reasons. I'm pretty sure most of it's COVID and all that. And just prospects missing out on the opportunity to play. But it's Alabama against Cincinnati game. It was a game that I think, in, in theory, you're like, oh, man, Alabama, they're, gonna, they're just going to crush them. But Cincinnati, they've had some close games this year, maybe some games where you feel like they didn't dominate the way they should, but they have a lot of pro prospects over there. So we're going to start with Alabama's offense and what they have going on. So Rob, you got five notes and lead us in here. What's one of the first things that you're looking forward to seeing from Alabama's offense? Yeah, thanks, Eric. I mean, I I look at this game as there's five critical matchups that uh, I think are going to ultimately determine what happens. And as as you said, I think that we all recognize as defending national champions, number one rated uh, Alabama. There's a reason why they're a 13 and a half point favorite here in the Cotton Bowl. But uh, at the same time, you know, Cincinnati leads all college football teams with six players invited to the Senior Bowl. Um, this is a legitimately talented team. And if you're going to compete against Alabama, you have to be able to slow down their passing game and you have to have an accurate quarterback on the other side. And, and that's the thing. Cincinnati Bearcats do have that. So the t- to me, the top matchup from both a, a schematic standpoint, from a player personnel standpoint, from the NFL draft, perspective is absolutely the the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Bryce Young um, a a dynamic wide receiver Jamison Williams the Ohio State transfer uh, you know who has been spectacular uh, this season 15 catches coming into his his uh, his year this season with Alabama and now um, you know basically has 1500 yards how does uh, that happen how does that happen how do you go from just no production at Ohio State and I get it Ohio State they have terrific receivers. I'm sure we'll talk about some of those guys, right? With Olave and, and Gilbert and, and uh, number 11, Jackson. But mm-hmm. how do you go from just not being productive at all to all of a sudden, I, I, he might be considered the best wide receiver in this class, Jameson Williams. Yeah, and, and it's warranted because he's a spectacular athlete. I mean, you're talking about a 6'195 pounder who has got great body control, has got elite straight line speed, uh, catches the ball very well. I mean, that's the thing. You just mentioned why, you know, in Ohio State, I mean, he was basically behind all those other dynamic receivers. You're not going to bench a guy like Garrett Wilson or Alave, uh, you know, and, and he has, and, and Jamison Williams is such a different uh, skill set than, um, you know, than, than Smith than Najiba. So to me, that, that's one of the interesting things here is that you get your opportunity, Jamison Williams, um, but at the same time, uh, he's going to be going up against, in my opinion, the best secondary in all of college football. 
Um, you know, obviously with with Kobe Bryant, the the senior getting uh, recognized as a Thorpe Award winner. We all know about him. We all know about uh, Sauce Gardner on the other side. I mean, a pair of corners who are both six foot one and above. Uh, both of them expected to have at least 33 inch arms. Both of them are absolute playmakers in terms of if you put the football out there, they will snatch it and take it back the other way. To me, that is the matchup that makes this game so interesting is you are going against the arguably the most dynamic offense in terms of the passing game in all of college football going against the best secondary in all of college football. I mean, get your popcorn ready. This is what we're all, all hoping for. Now, the, uh, you got Alabama. They are missing their receiver, right? John Mechie. He's a guy that won't be able to participate in this game. Do you think that will kind of hurt when you look at just the matchups and how things are kind of slanted here? Does that make it a little bit easier for a team like Cincinnati to be able to cover uh, the, re the receivers there for Alabama, Jameson Williams? Can they make life hard on him because they're not worried about maybe the receiver on the other side as much as they would if Mechie was there? No, I, I do think that that's a significant factor, Eric. I mean, you, you lose a player like John Mechie. He may not be the dynamic athlete that Jamison Williams is, but, you know, he had 90-plus catches le far and away leading the Crimson Tide um, in receptions and receiving yards this uh, th this past season. Um, and, and so you know that, that he is going to be Bryce Young's uh, basically kind of his security blanket. So you take that away from their offense, and that is going to be a significant departure. Um, at the same time, as we just mentioned with Jamison Williams, um, you know, in Alabama, it just feels like with every turn of the tide, um, they, they get a whole different other four or five star recruit just waiting in the wings. So it's going to be interesting to see who Alabama throws out there. But again, there is a significant drop off between the top two wide receivers for Alabama this year in terms of production than everybody else after that. I'm glad that you, that you uh, got that tide reference in there. That was nice. And that said, with the defensive prowess that we already know is with Cincinnati, you know, we saw that Jameson's still able to exploit even too high if you're not paying attention. He is the only really deep threat, obviously, with Mechie out. Is that enough to turn the tide? Or is he able, do you think, is it matter in his evaluation for this draft if he's able to still create those big chunk plays, explosive plays, when he's really the only deep threat on the field? That's a really good question because I don't know that he is going to be able to do that. You know, I mean, with, with Cincinnati having the, the cover corners that they have, the safety can play as well. He's another guy who's been uh, invited to the senior bowl. I mean, and they've got some thumpers at, at linebacker along the defensive line as well. So I think the way Alabama is likely to do, Ryan, is, is they're likely to lean on their running game. I mean, I think we all realize watching up SEC football that that's really where the, the Crimson Tide, um, you know, is just a different level. And with all due respect, Respect to a, a good front for Cincinnati, but certainly not one that's just overpowering. I do think that Alabama is going to kind of shift a little bit more into just trying to control the line of scrimmage. So I think you're going to see more big play opportunities for Jameis Williams, but it's going to come off of play action and things of that nature. And so I think it's going to be an interesting game to evaluate how he is able to handle the press coverage that he is likely to face against Cincinnati. These are longer, leaner, and more athletic cornerbacks uh, than he is than he's been facing. Um, even with all due respect to what he saw in the SEC and previously in Ohio State, Cincinnati's defense or defensive backs are really that good. All right, we're, and we're going to get into – there's another prospect I want to touch on, Evan Neal. He's going to be going up against some good defensive players from Cincinnati. We'll, we'll touch on Evan Neal when we get into 
the Cincinnati defense and maybe touch on a little bit Brian Robinson as well. But first, we want to talk to y'all a little bit about Bet Online and Bet Online that has you covered throughout the holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football continues to march through the college bowl season and the NFL playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head to the new website right now and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus. All right, from football, basketball, boxing, NHL, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that's available throughout the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. So, you know, don't wait to take advantage of this new amazing offer. Go do that right now. Bet Online is where the game starts. Now, I, I was gone for a little while, as you guys <laughs> know, and I will say, you know, talking about favorites, favorite Vegas casino games and all that, I was in Vegas, and I spent a couple of days by myself out there, uh, away from the family a little bit, and I got to sit in the sports book over, oh, man, what hotel is that? It Like, I guess it's like the largest sports book in the world or whatever, but... Oh, man, that was so awesome. Yeah, all these big TVs. I'm just chilling. They bring you drinks and stuff. I'm betting on college football. I'm watching these prospects. I'm watching football. I'm ordering food. You know, I'm like, oh, man, this is the life, all right? So that was great. I don't know when's the last time y'all have been to Vegas, but if you do a little, little, little time to wind down, that's a great spot. But speaking of winding down, man, you have, you know, Alabama and their defense. And we're going to start to kind of get into the Cincinnati offense as well, but there's some pro prospects over there on uh, Alabama's defense. As usual, is there anyone that kind of stands out to you right away where you're like, all right, this guy's the key to Alabama being able to really control this game against Cincinnati? Well, that, that's easy, at least for me. It's, it's Will Anderson Jr. And, uh, you know, you might be staying in Vegas for an extra year, Eric, if, uh, <laughs> if you want to see Will Anderson in the NFL, because, uh, of course, he is ineligible for this year's draft class as, as just a true sophomore. But, you know, he just simply led the country in sacks this past season. Um, and, and, and he is going to be going up against a, a quality left tackle, but at the same time, not an elite one for Cincinnati. So, to me, that's going to put an awful lot of pressure on the Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter to be able to to make some big plays. I also want to mention Fedarian Mathis. Uh, you know, this is a, a big man who, who probably projects best inside a defensive tackle in the NFL. But Alabama with that three four scheme and, and the hybrid uh, alignments that they like to use. I mean, they've got the six four three hundred and twenty pounder outside in the edge, and he has got a number of sacks this year as well. So again, as we talked about in the first segment here, I really think that Alabama is just greater size and power um, and along the line of scrimmage on both sides really is the, the going to be the difference maker in this football game. But at the same time, if Cincinnati is able to slow down that, that fearsome front for Alabama, then they can make this game a lot more competitive. What do you think, Ryan? I'm looking forward to that, but in the reverse, unfortunately, because I, I want to see the top prospects that I think NFL teams might have a chance to get to. So it, it comes down on the other side. When you flip it over, it's Evan Neal and Jai Sanders, right? And I know everyone, you can complain in the comments about how I pronounce people's names. I'm I'm very bad at that. But at the end of the day, I think that might be the bigger matchup than the reverse. Uh, Anderson is, I think, set to dominate. I don't think there's going to be a, a lack of expectation there. I think the real question becomes, is can Sanders get something done against Neil? Can, can they attack what is the strength of the Alabama line and get something done? Because there's nothing really to lose if you're – 
on the Alabama side, I think that they should be able to control the line scrimmage and run a little bit. That's the one matchup that I'm going to be watching pretty much all day long. Yeah, Alabama well, I, does I, have some. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say to me with Evan Neal, that, that's going to be a fascinating matchup because I, I think that, um, you know, again, this is an underclassman and a lot of people are just uh, expecting that that Neal is going to jump into the NFL draft. And you can certainly understand why when you're talking about a guy who is as athletic as he is, you know, six, seven, 350 pounds has played all up and down the offensive line uh, for Alabama. Um, but at the same time, he is not quite as polished as, uh, you know, as some are suggesting that the talent is through the roof. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think this guy's going to wind up being a top 10 pick, perhaps even a top five pick, um, just because, again, there's just not many men who can move the way he can at his size. But I, I like that you mentioned uh, Sanders against Neal in, in this matchup. And, and Darian Beavers, the other uh, the other pass rusher for Cincinnati, <laughs> I, I, I say other because Beavers has really been the more consistent of the two, is actually leads the Bearcats in, in sacks um, so far this, this season. To me, that's going to be an interesting one, though, because where I have my issues with Evan Neal is that he can get that initial block, and then as the, as the play continues, he does seem to get a little bit top-heavy and lose his balance. And because Sanders has the length and the burst that he has, and then Beavers is just like kind of like his name implies. I mean, he just kind of keeps working at it, keeps working at it, keeps working at it. Um, you know, those are the types of players that might give Evan Neal a little bit more of a run for his money. And Alabama doesn't have the depth along the offensive line that they've had in prior years. So I think that that's an interesting matchup, one that Cincinnati might be able to exploit a little bit. No, definitely. Now, when you look at some of, you know, Cincinnati and, I mean, not Cincinnati, excuse me, Alabama, and on the defensive side of the ball, their cornerbacks, you got Josh Job. You know, that's a guy who people are talking about, as, you know, maybe a top, cornerback in the nation some other guys that i spoke to they said like nah uh jalen lamar davis like that that's more of the big time prospect and those guys are going to have to go up against a cincinnati offense with a receiver alec pierce and pierce a big receiver he's already committed to going to the senior bowl as many other are at cincinnati but going to the senior bowl you know and alec pierce i think this is going to be probably you know i don't want to say probably this is the most talented group that he had to go up against. Now, I've watched him in previous weeks, and he's winning with contested catches down the field. He's been able to win with some routes and things like that. Do you see Alec Pierce having any level of success against these Alabama defensive backs? Because it's different. You, you know, you're not playing in some, you know, uh, not a you know lower power five or, or not even power five, a lot of schools that Cincinnati plays against. You know, these are the big dogs in the SEC I love watching SEC corners because it's really easy to evaluate them because there's so much man coverage. So you get to see how they are from man coverage skills, you know, how they challenge themselves, their movement skills, how they can run with guys vertically. There's not going to be that space that's just given to you that Pierce is probably used to seeing. So they're going to challenge him at the line of scrimmage moving forward. Do you think that might, you know, pose to be kind of a big time problem for Pierce? Oh, I think it will be. Um, you know, again, I think that Pierce is a little bit better prepared than most just because of who he's going up against in practice every single day. Right. Um, because Cincinnati, of course, plays a lot of man coverage as well. And and they are every bit as long uh, and, and have the same type of playmaking skills as Alabama's. But that said, just in terms of straight line speed, 
Pierce just is, isn't the same caliber of athlete uh, as what Alabama has in their secondary. So to me, it's going to be that much more critical for Pierce to be able to continue to win those high point passes, um, you know, really use his body control, his own length and leaping ability, timing as a leaper um, to be able to pull down some of those passes. But I, I think that it's going to be much more difficult to, for him to have some of the, the relatively easy throws that Desmond Ritter has been able to kind of exploit in the past because it's just very likely or very very unlikely to be some, some big holes in Alabama's secondary. I think that's what we have to get to, Ritter in particular, as well as a couple of the other role players. We've talked about major matchups. Let's talk about who else could be an X factor in this game. We'll do that coming up next. So for me, this is the big thing for Desmond Ritter. Can you step it up at this point? Because I like his game a little bit more than most. I haven't done any even preliminary stacking yet, but is terms of, of what you get feedback-wise. It's about the accuracy. And if there's one team that's going to be prepared to really push your boundaries, if you are going to be inaccurate, it's going to be Nick Saban-led defense. So at this point, Rob, where do you stand on Ritter in terms of his season to this point? And what do you see in terms of what he has to do to elevate his game and really take a hold on a, maybe a top three quarterback spot? Yeah, I, I do not have him in the in the top three quarterbacks at, at this point. Uh, I have him, I believe it's fifth or sixth, right in that that day two range. I think he's most likely to be a, a late second round, early third round type of a, of a player. Um, I, I love that you mentioned the accuracy. To me, that that's really what it comes down to. Uh, you, to me, he what I've seen from Desmond Ritter consistently is he has what I call ballpark accuracy. It's in the ballpark. It, it allows his receiver to make a play on the football. It's just not pinpoint accuracy where he consistently hits his receiver in stride. But you also kind of highlight one of the things I like most about Desmond Ritter, and that's the poise. That's the grit and the toughness. When the, the chips are down and he needs to make a big throw, he's consistently done so. And that's what, to me, is one of the most exciting things about him. I, I don't care how accurate you are out there when, you know, you're, you're playing in shells on, on practice in a pro day workout. Show me the guy who, who took his team to, you know, unprecedented level at Cincinnati, went completely undefeated, is the first, quote unquote, Cinderella team to break through and, and put themselves in position to, to play for a possible national championship berth. That's exactly what Desmond Ritter has done. Um, you know, and, and so to me, I, I'm really intrigued to see what he is able to show in this game. To me, he's already, as I mentioned, a top 100 caliber prospect in the 2022 NFL draft. I expect him to be drafted on day two. But if he plays, you know, lights out against Alabama, against a Nick Saban coach defense, then I think that he might position himself to be in that first round mix. And again, I don't think that this quarterback class is anything close this year is what we saw a year ago. But Desmond Ritter has those that it factor, those the, and, and obviously is also a dual threat quarterback as well. Um, and so because of that, I do think I do think that he has as big of an opportunity in this game as just about any player on the field. Yeah, that's a guy that I was I was really high on kind of just the ability, right? And and seeing how he can kind of grow into that. And he stayed another year. And this year has been, I'd say consistent, but nothing that like really pops off in the sense of his performances. But I am interested to just kind of sit and watch him against this big time uh, you know, defense with Alabama. Now we watched him last year when he had to really take on Georgia, and a lot of it was on him and and you, you just felt like he was a little overwhelmed in that situation. And that ultimately probably led him to return back to Cincinnati for another year. And 
so far it has worked out. I mean, they're in the college football playoffs. So that's a big time chance. But do you think that he might have a little bit more success against Alabama? Is he more prepared for this moment as opposed to last year when he had to take on Georgia and, and again, felt like he was a little bit more overwhelmed in that situation? I think absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think that just the, uh, you know, just the opportunity to go against Georgia a year ago um, ha has puts him in a better position to uh, to be prepared to go against Alabama. Um, the fact that they, they walked into South Bend and, and beat Notre Dame with again, some clutch throws from, from Ritter to me um, is, is kind of showing that maturity that he has gained that, that poise that he has gained. But I also think a, a significant factor in this football game, Joe, that we haven't really touched upon just yet is the fact that uh, Cincinnati is more than just their their corners and their quarterback. They also have one of the most dynamic running backs in, in all of the NFL, and Alabama knows them well because uh, when Jerome Ford first signed, uh, he signed with the Alabama Crimson Tide. He was right there with Brian Robinson Jr. as a backup to Najee Harris and Josh Jacobs and all these other, you know, early round NFL running backs that we've seen come through Tuscaloosa the last couple of years. Um, and, and all Ford has done so far this year, guys is, is run for what 1400 yards, 19 touchdowns so far this season. I mean, that, that's more than Kenneth Walker. The third had uh, for Michigan state and he won the Doak Walker award. Um, so, and Jerome Ford, another player who had some of his splashiest moments when the lights were shining brightest, two long touchdowns, a 45-yarder and a 79-yarder, if I remember correctly, against Houston to win the conference championship and put Cincinnati in the position here. Um, to me, that is a significant factor as well. Ford was basically a backup uh, as a year ago against Georgia. And now, of course, he is the lead dog. Um, you know, for the Cincinnati Bearcats. So I'm really curious to see. We, again, I think that Alabama is going to be able to, to play such tough defense. That's going to be hard to get a, a quality running game um, going for Cincinnati. But at the same time, if there's one thing that Ritter does have in his back pocket this year that he didn't last year is a Ford F-150 uh, in, in the form of a running back. I'm glad that you bring them up. I was going to go to Ford as well because he stands out as a guy, especially against that front. If you have to get the ball out quickly, if you have to do something out of ordinary, I think he's a, he's a guy that can be more than just a safety valve in the pass game, especially if you're facing Anderson, you're getting hunted down. I think Ritter and him together can be enough to really break some of that offense loose. I like his game. I think he has a chance to put himself, should he play well, into maybe the top five of the running back class. I don't have him there currently, nor do I have Robinson on the other side. But of the two of them, do you think these guys are, are very close or does one of them have the chance to break out? I, I like them both a lot. Uh, you know, Ford to me has the better uh, breakaway speed, and of course, that's what the NFL NFL loves. But Brian Robinson, I was I was shocked when I really put it on the tape and really scouted him. It, it's so easy just to fall in love with you know some of the individual talent that Alabama has. You know, the, the, the quarterback especially. But you watch Brian Robinson Jr., and there's a lot of Najee Harris in his game. I mean, he is a really good receiver. He's got these long galloping strides. He's physical and pass protection. Uh, you know, he is a good football player. He's going to wind up – you watch, he's going to wind up going somewhere on day two. And, and I think he's going to be an NFL starter. I mean, this is a good player that, uh, again, it, it's it's rare that you can say an Alabama running back is underrated. But yeah. considering how much attention everybody else gets at Alabama, I, I really think that the media is, uh, you know, maybe not paying quite as much attention to Robinson as they should. Um, this is a guy who I think is, again, going to come into the NFL. He may wind up being a more productive 
productive player in the league than he ever was at Alabama, just considering how much talent that they have around him. I, I think it's because he's older, and, and that happens a lot too, right? I mean, he's a guy who's like a senior or a super senior, and sometimes those guys aren't the – you know, the, the guy that as a sophomore got all the love, all the praise, and then, okay, junior year, he does well, and then he comes out to the draft. This is a guy who's a senior. He's had to be behind Najee Harris and other running backs that have been at Alabama, terrific running back group. And it's almost like, well, okay, he's running well, he's doing his thing, but it is going a little unnoticed, like you said. And uh, is there a running back in the NFL right now that he kind of reminds you of? In my Ooh, head, the person time. that kind of came to hit, to my mind was, Edwards, the, the the running back that's been for the Ravens, kind of mm -hmm. runs like yeah. you know, like with that power. Maybe not like the most explosive, but he's a strong runner, and it's not like this sexy type of running style. He's not super elusive, but he reminds me a lot of that, where he just runs hard, you know, hits the holes, does all these things, and and it it is a little undervalued, I guess you could say. Yeah, the only thing I would say is he does absolutely run hard. Um, and, and so I think to me, that's one of the very first things I think about with Edwards. But we're talking about a guy who's 6'1", 225 pounds, um, you know, and so this is a much bigger back. And, and so a, a guy that, um, you know, I I mean, it, it would be difficult to try and come up with, with any one individual player. When I first watched him, he actually reminded me, I'm going to show my age here, gentlemen, with an old Seattle Seahawks guy, Derek Fenner who ran a little bit upright, um, but at the same time had, had power. You know, there's a lot of times you have these big backs who, um, you know, aren't able to, to make people miss. Um, they, are, they aren't able to, to play with a great pad level. I guess Jordan Howard, maybe in Philadelphia, would be another one that, that would kind of jump out to me is that, you know, he is sometimes pigeonholed as just being a downhill runner, but at the same time, he can make you miss and, use his, and flash a stiff arm as well. And so to me, those are some of the backs that they kind of jump out uh, when I'm thinking about Brian Robinson. And Croc, I got to tell you, crushing linebackers' dreams is a way to make a running back sexy. I'm just telling you. <laughs> that is true. That is true. And we're going to get into some more linebackers and running backs when we get into the, the Georgia against Michigan game. But we're going to get into that <laughs> on the next episode. So that's going to do it for today from Rob. From Ryan, from myself, Eric Crocker. Make sure you guys follow us on all the social media platforms, everything. If you have any, you know, input or, or guys that you want us to talk about, especially at this bowl season continues on, hey, so you shoot us a comment on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, at Ryan Tracy NFL, and at Rob Ring. Yep. Did I get that right? All right, there we go. So we're going to see you guys. We'll be back tomorrow for another episode right here, Locked On NFL Draft. Peace.